Shauna and Jody here with Real Sisters, Real Talk. We're glad to have you joining us as we talk about growing in our faith with God. Hey, welcome to Real Sisters, Real Talk. I'm Shauna, that's Jody, and we are so glad that you're here. Here's the deal. These podcasts are all about just two sisters who are who love Jesus, are following hard after Jesus, and processing life with him in mind, with with what the scriptures say in mind. So you're not um, you're not plugging into experts on any subject matter in particularly. I'll speak for myself on this one. Um, but I, I'm we, with you. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> but we 100%, you know, have decided and, and are committed to being honest with you about our journey as we kind of walk it out together. And today we're going to kind of dive into, I, th- I might say this every time, but anyway, we're going to dive into a subject that is I think hard to talk about. We're going to talk about shame and the difference between shame and conviction. And um, I've got a daughter who's married and a son-in-law and they live in Australia. We just bought our tickets to go see them. I'm so excited Yay. for that trip. Yes, for sure. It'll be our, it's my first time ever in Australia. Have you ever been to Australia? No, never. I, but that is a bucket list. I want to go. Yeah, I'm geeked. But it made me think of, and this conversation makes me think of the the two of them, because one of the values that they have for their family is hospitality. And their definition of hospitality is a place where there is no shame. They just want people to be able to come into their house and to feel so at home and so loved that there's no room in the place for shame. And... um Scripture says that we're all meant to experience a place like that. If, you've, if you're like, man, I can't even imagine a place where there is no shame. The word of God says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no shame for those of us who belong to Jesus. But how do we distinguish what the difference is between shame and this beautiful thing that we have called conviction? And conviction is brought to us by the Holy Spirit. So we're going to dive into that conversation about shame versus conviction. Yeah. You know what? I would love to jump in honestly with a quote. Um, and it's an anonymous one. I don't know who, um, wrote it, but it says conviction brings us humbly to repentance. Whereas shame tells us we are outside of the realm of God's forgiveness. I mean, if that doesn't sum it up, shame is, um, is something that that literally makes us feel less than it makes us feel um, like we need to run from God because we are so guilty. It uh, makes us feel um, yucky Mm -hmm. (laughs) where conviction does make us see the wrong that we're doing with an opportunity for repentance and draws us to God where I think conviction makes us flee from God. And that's kind of a, a good distinction. One just kind of simple thing I can think of with conviction, shame instead of conviction is, um, and I know you've talked about this too, Sean, I think it was in our anxiety episode, but there are times when, um, and I used to do this a ton, I do it less now, where I'll go to bed at night and I'll just replay the uh, fumbles of my day. Mm -hmm. I wish I hadn't said that. If only you hadn't said that. Why did you say that? That was so stupid. Making me feel like I am stupid. I'm not worthy. When I do that, when that headspace takes place, that is shame. That is the enemy at work in me and trying to shut me down and make me feel like I, I'm not worthy. 
where when it's conviction, uh, that's when the Holy Spirit really does show me something. And I, there's this moment of, oh, Lord, as I discover what he's showing me, Lord, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. This is not who you created me to be. And I want to, I want to be all that you called me to be. And I just one real quick story with that too. I had a dream one time and I don't even remember the specifics of the dream, but I woke up from this dream and I was really upset because this person had so wrongly treated somebody else. And I was actually mad at this person in my life because I thought, how could they? And because the dream was so vivid, I went to the Lord with it and I said, Lord, what, what in the world does that mean? That Mm -hmm. was out of character for this person. And what does that mean? And I felt like the Lord said so quick, clearly to me, that's what you're doing in this scenario. And it was the, oh, Lord, I'm mm. so sorry. I'm, But I didn't see what was taking place in that relationship as sinful until he showed it to me. But do you see the difference was that turning to God versus I'm not worthy. I'm so, mm. and I think that's how I would describe it. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, I think that shame is drives us into greater shame. <laughs> I mean, like right. when, we, when we experience shame in our life, it's a, it's a yucky feeling. And so we don't want to have that feeling. And so we do the things that we do to avoid our feelings, which usually leads us to feeling more shame. <laughs> and so it's kind of like this cycle. I think it's referenced in Proverbs 26, where it says, you know, when we do the same thing over and over, when we make the same mistake over and over again, it's like a dog returning to their vomit. It doesn't make any sense. Like it just doesn't make sense. Who would do that? Well, we wouldn't, but shame has that kind of a a habitual um, aspect to it. And I think that one of the things about shame too is well, let's talk first a minute about direction. So shame leads us in, in a negative direction. Conviction leads us in a positive direction. There, there's this other thing called guilt. And I, I feel like I, I, some people are naturally, they come by guilt really naturally and other people just don't. Um, as far as feeling guilty, I feel guilty all the time. Even if I don't do something wrong, I have a tendency to feel guilty. Like somehow I'm responsible for what's happening. And I remember talking with a friend of mine who had said, she talked about a time when somebody made her mad and it was in a parking lot. It was somebody, a driving situation and somebody made her mad and she just waited, you know, like played on her phone, waited the appropriate amount of time while they went in the store. And then she walked over and she just keyed the car. And she's, I know she's telling me this story and I'm feeling guilty. I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, you do what? So you do what? And she's telling me the story with zero remorse whatsoever. And I'm like, you and I were different. We're so different because I feel guilty and I didn't even do it. But that's not actually an accurate definition of guilt. Guilt is about, it's a fact word. Guilt is about what happened or what didn't happen, right? So if if I walked into the room and, and I bumped something over and it fell, I am guilty of having walked into the room and bumping that thing over, right? Whether I wanted to or I didn't want to, I did it. It's a fact thing. But shame is like a feeling thing. Shame is I walked into the room and I knocked over the lamp and I broke it and I just break things. That's what I do. That's who I am. I'm a breaker. You know, it just becomes this whole identity thing rather than just yeah. an incident. 
That identity piece, Shauna, I think that is so, so crucial. When we take um, our, our sinful nature or even something that takes place that we do feel guilty about, when we take that as our identity, we are speaking those things over ourselves. And that is a, that is a dangerous cycle to get in. Mm. Um, and so then that honestly brings me to another thought is even as we think about, so if we get into that shame cycle or that, you know, feeling less than, and that turns us away from God instead of sending us to God, then what do we do in the scenario, that scenario? How do we turn from heading in that direction of feeling so small and insignificant and unworthy to turning to God and the grace that he so freely gives us? How do we stop the enemy (laughs) from inviting us down that negative road? And I think I'm just going to speak truth over this too. I think it's easy to just blame the enemy for all of it. And the truth is we're allowing our minds to go mm-hmm. in a certain place. And so we have to steward our thoughts. Like it tells us in second Corinthians. Yeah. I wish I wasn't qualified to be able to speak to this, but I have to admit um, right. <laughs> that I've been there. I've been in the place, you know, just to go real deep, real fast. I've been in the place where I am crying on my bathroom floor, laying in the fetal position feeling like feeling like the world would be a better place if I wasn't a part of it. So when I was, um, when I was 23 years old, I, life was not going the way that I thought it was going to go. I actually just had some really, I had expectations about this phase of life that I was in and, and my reality didn't match my expectations. And, um, I made a plan to take my own life. And so, um, you know, by the grace of God, the day and the time came, I actually had, you know, my goodbye conversations and the day and the time came and by the grace of God, I was rescued in that moment. But I can't, I tell you, I was, I was so, um, hopeless. I was absolutely hopeless. I felt like the only way out of my circumstance is for me to take my life. And shame carries that same hopelessness with it. Shame says, you know what, what you did is who you are and it's who you always will be. There's no hope for you. Right. Not only did you do something disgusting, you are disgusting. Um, and for me in that moment, I felt like I felt so hopeless that I, I felt like the world would be a better place if I wasn't in it. Um, so to answer your question, like, how do we get out of that place? How do we get out of that deep place of shame and feeling of incredible worthlessness? If all you can do is just say the name Jesus, just do that. If you can't muscle up a prayer, if you can't say, God, I need you, then don't just say, God, just say, Jesus, just call on his name until you're able to get more words out and then say, you know, God, I need you to show me what is true. I pray this prayer so often. I need you to show me right now what is true because I've got thoughts going on in my mind that I'm battling and I want to know what the truth is. And I know that you are the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So you can ask him and the Holy Spirit in us is the truth teller that reveals truth to us. So we can ask him what is true. And I am telling you, He will meet you in that place and he will reveal to you not only who he is, but who you are. 
And I think that's the big yeah. differentiator, differentiator, big word, lots of syllables. Um, <laughs> the differentiator between shame and conviction is what it calls out in us. And shame calls out in you a false identity that says that's who you are and that's who you always will be. And conviction calls out in us who we actually are. Conviction says, oh, that thing you did, that's so not you. That is not you at all. You are a daughter of the king. You are a child of the king. That's not how we behave. We're becoming like Jesus. And it's, it's, there is no um, self-hatred in conviction. There's hope. There's, oh, that's, that's not who I am. And I'm sorry. And I have regret. And I have a conversation with the Lord that's honest about what I did, which is the guilt that I'm feeling, right? But conviction calls us into who we really are. Yeah, that's such a great picture. I just want to circle back and say um, that season of your life, um, sister, you know, just absolutely breaks my heart, <laughs> just breaks my heart. And even as you share that story, it just, um, and and we didn't, I did not have eyes to see in that season. And I so wish that I could see, but I know that I know that God was absolutely in that with you. And he met you where only who he could. And for that, I am so, so grateful. Right. And so I just want to speak to if anybody here is facing that kind of um, dark, deep place, as Shauna mentioned, cry out to Jesus. If that's all you can do is say, Jesus, do that. And I would encourage you, reach out to somebody and tell them what you are feeling and what you are experiencing. Reach out to a counselor, um, connect with a church uh, that if you're not connected with one where you can be honest and speak about what you're feeling because that darkness, that dark place is so deep and so isolating. We, we want to tell you today, uh, you you are a child of the King if you believe that Jesus is your Savior. And if you don't know him yet, then you reach out to a godly church near you or reach out to Shauna and I at um, jodyandshauna.com or on our Instagram at Real Sisters Real Talk. We would love to tell you about the incredible grace that comes from Jesus Christ and, and speak the truth over you of who you are in Christ that uh, he created you um, to worship him and to live as he modeled for us to live. And, and that's truly who we are. And that's what you were speaking to, Shauna, which I just so appreciate um, that hope that comes from that. And so our thinking, our thinking is such a big deal. Um, and just circling back, conviction draws us toward God and who we are, who he's created us to be, and shame absolutely points us, um, away from God and more isolating. And so that's definitely something to watch for. Yeah. But thank you for being so vulnerable in that. Oh yeah. hundred percent. And if, if you, you know, just real quick, um, the suicide hotline is nine, eight, eight. If you just need to jot that down somewhere. And if you, if you know somebody who has suicidal ideation or thoughts, um, it is actually helpful to talk about it. So if you're, if you're thinking somebody might have suicidal thoughts and you say to them, Hey, have you ever thought about taking your own life? Like that is not going to be a negative thing for them. That's not going to actually help them or encourage them towards, you know, their, their negative thoughts. It's actually a good and positive thing. So that was just a little bit of a, 
a little bit off the beaten path there, but in regards, but I, but not so yeah. much necessarily because shame can, if you feel completely hopeless, if, if you're sitting in a place of shame and you feel like there's, there's no hope for me, this is who I'm always going to be. And this is the situation I'm always going to be in, you know, it can lead to, you know, suicidal thoughts. So let's just be honest about yeah. that. Yeah. So. And even to lead to that, exactly what you said, that, that it, this world would be better without me. Um, that is untrue. No matter right. who you are, that is untrue. And so we have to keep, yeah, definitely watch for that. Yeah. Um, one of the things I just think too, as we talk about conviction and shame, uh, whatever is going on in life, we make mistakes. We are going to sin. That is our nature. And so sin is a real thing and it's going to happen. But the difference is as a believer in Christ, when we sin and we recognize that sin, then we get to turn toward God. First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, mm -hmm. he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So not just forgive us our sins, but also cleanse us mm. from all unrighteousness. And so what that does is when we confess our sin, then we get to turn fully toward God again and stand in the clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And that is a beautiful, beautiful picture because I cannot do that on my own. But when I confess to him and I turn to him, that's the way I get to be seen. And that's a, such a gift. Yeah. And I want to, I want to take that a, a bit further because we're so blessed to receive forgiveness when we confess our sins to God. But scripture also says, and I don't have this passage directly in front of me, but that when we confess to one another, we experience healing. Yeah. So healing comes when we say it to another human being. Hey, this is what I'm going through. This is what I've dealt with. And confession really is a gateway um, to a shameless life, a shame-free life, right? So shame can't exist in a place. Oh man, uh, Brene Brown has got a fantastic quote on this. She says, if we share our story with someone who responds with empathy and understanding, shame can't survive. Shame cannot survive in that context. And so, man, we need each other. You need a Jody. <laughs> We need, we need, yes. <laughs> and you need a Shauna <laughs> and a Dawn yeah, and a Kelly and right. our other sisters. Yeah. Yes. We need community. Like we need one another. We need people in our life who, who understand the grace of Jesus and have received the grace of Jesus in such a way that they freely give it so that we can say, you know what, more than anything in my entire life, all I ever wanted to be was the best mom on the planet. And I've got to tell you what just went down. This is not who I want to be. And, you know, that person can say, you know, can, can we bring it right into the light, into their presence and they can affirm the love of Jesus over us. And they can say to us those words that we need to hear. Ah, oh, I'm so sorry. That had to feel absolutely awful, but you know what? That is not at all who you are. You know what I mean? And call out your identity and, and free you up to live into who God has created you to be. Yeah. You know, you brought up, um, our other sisters, Don and Kelly are, um, our birth order is Don Kelly and then me, Jody, and then Shauna. And, um, that created a really safe place for us to share over the years, which I'm so grateful yeah. that we have that relationship as sisters. But one of the things I think about is as a young mom. So if, if you are a young mom or a young dad, you're raising a young family, 
I say this often when I speak places, there's, there was never a day that I went to bed when I was raising my young family where I went, man, I rocked it today as a mama. (laughs) My kids are so lucky to have me. Like that is, those are things that never went through my mind at night. I would often replay, why was I so short with Tyler that when he said that? Why did I not give Lauren the attention she needed in that moment? Why was I more busy with the housework than I was with playing with my children? You know, there's all the regrets and all of the remorse. And so that's a very easy place for that that shame to come in. I'm a terrible mother. I am no good. They'd be better with somebody else. You know, that's all those, those thoughts can go very quickly there. And so just when you're raising a young family, moms and dads, it's tough. It's tough and you're not going to do it perfectly. And so, um, we need to, we need to give ourselves a lot of grace. And we've talked about this before too, the gift of that is at night when we lay our head down, we can say, Lord, thank, I'm so sorry for falling short here. Would you help me to be more attentive tomorrow? Because every day, I love how God created, every day is a do-over. Right. We get to start afresh. And if we carry the shame and all of that from yesterday, it's only going to bring us lower today. And so we need to just bring that before the Lord and confess it and then start a new day fresh with the hope. Mm-hmm. That's it. You know what? I do this um, devotional every morning and every night. It's called Lectio 365. Lectio 365. And it's an audio devotional. And I do it on my commute to work. So I got like a 45 to 50 minute commute to work every morning in, at Darko 30 because <laughs> I do the morning show. So <laughs> I'm on the road quite early um, before most of the world is. But um, I do that audio devotion on my way there, but on the way home or not on the way home at night, when I go to bed, the last thing that I do is before I take my glasses off is push play on the Lectio 365 nighttime prayers. And it's a progression of every night. It's, you know, slightly different, but there are elements that remain the same. And it's this, it's reflecting back on the day and looking at the ways that you experienced God that day. Like, Oh Lord, thank you for speaking to me in this moment, or I just really sensed a peace at this time. And I know that was you. Thank you for being with me. So acknowledging where God was in your day and then confessing like, God, I didn't do today. Perfect. And these are the places that I just want to be honest with you and be right in relationship with you. And so a confession, and then, you know, in the audio devotional, they just affirm to you the scriptures that say there, there is no condemnation now for those who are in Christ Jesus and like he has completely forgiven you. And now that's been separated from you and you can sleep in peace. You can rest in peace, having celebrated the presence of God and having celebrated the forgiveness of God. Yeah. I love that. That verse that Sean has used twice now, it's Romans 8, 1. Um, There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that's a great one to memorize if you have a real battle with the mind and those kind of um, thoughts of I'm not worthy, I'm no good. Um, we, We absolutely need to confess we need to bring our sins before God and confess them and lay them at the foot of the cross. That is absolutely something we need to do. So I'm, we're not saying that when we feel 
anything like remorse for anything bad that we just get to go, well, you know, we don't have to deal with that because that's shame. And no, we confess that stuff, but pay attention to, does it draw you closer to God Mm -hmm. or does it put a wedge in between you and God? And does it, does it affect your identity and who you are in Christ? Because that's where the real, um, marker is, I think between shame and conviction. Conviction is good. It's from the Holy Spirit and he is teaching us and helping us to walk in all that God has for us. Uh, Shame is absolutely the opposite and it pushes us away. I think that um, this might be a little bit of a different conversation, but this is how our conversations go. So we're just going to go with it. But um, self-talk has a lot to do with shame too. Like the Mm -hmm. thoughts that you have in your head. I spent a a good chunk of my life (laughs) thinking that I didn't have control over those. Like the self thoughts were, I thought they were right. I thought they were telling me the truth. And I thought that I, that I was just a victim of whatever that voice was saying until I realized it actually, Tim Keller says, um, I learned so much from him. I just, I'm so grateful for that man's ministry. He's in heaven now, but, oh, love him. Um, but he says, not only do you need to not listen to that voice, you actually need to talk back to that voice. You need to tell that voice when, when what the voice is saying doesn't line up with what the word of God says, you need to tell that voice to stop. And then you need to tell that voice what the truth actually is. I love that. I love that too. And again, we, this brings us back to our, I think it was our second episode where we talked about, do I need to read the Bible? That we have to know the word of God right. to quote the word of God. When when we encounter the word of God, that's where we get to learn God's character, the way he works, who he is and who he's calling us to be. And so we have to be in the word of God. And I would say, um, do it daily if you can, because there's so much that we get to learn and grow as we encounter God's word. And just as Shauna said too, there are great apps out there that you can use like that app that the um, Lectio 365, where you use that at night, use in the morning and at night, but what a great way to get our mind focused on the things of God. In this conversation, it's a tough one. Mm We want you to know and remember that God loves you, that God is drawing you into relationship with him. And so again, if you are struggling with this, find someone you can talk to, um, find a, a trusted friend, godly mentor, a counselor, um, reach out to your local church to find somebody who can help you walk in a healthy way in this, because there's freedom in Christ when we're Um, living in the way that he has called us to live, confession and repenting and turning to him, then we get to walk in freedom. And just like we always say every single week, we always want to remember that we serve a really good God and he really, really does love you. 